0: I've got the victory living inside of me. I got the greater one. I can't overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No place to cross back. I gotta keep resting on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore. We welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed and my faith grows stronger and I learn how to be an overcomer. That's what happens here. And that's what's going on from the very beginning all the way through. If you're new to this, get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on in. Uh, sometimes people say, well, we're, we're coming into your uh, office or living room or whatever. No, no, we want you to come in here, <laughs> come in here to this faith-filled environment. Put everything else off and pause it for just a few minutes here. Give this your full attention. And the Word of God is food for your spirit, and it nourishes you inside in your spirit, and your soul, and your mind. And that does amazing things for your perspective, for your outlook, for everything. It affects your peace and your joy, and it quickens you to act like the overcomer God made you to be. So come on into the classroom, let's release faith. Father, we ask you for utterance today, direction and guidance. And answers, and we'll give you the praise for every good thing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been looking in John 5, if you'd look again, at this fifteenth uh, individual account of healing in the ministry of Jesus, It's the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda. Let's begin in verse 1. Again, it says, After these, after this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. There is at Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lying, knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said to him, Will you be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool... But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Now we see multiple references to weakness in this passage. The word impotent here, literally the Greek word is without strength. And so is that word infirm or infirmity. And so repeatedly it's talking about that all these people, they lacked strength in, in whatever area and it's restricting their lives. And um, the Lord says, will you be made whole? And like we saw um, yesterday, if you're with us, he's not just talking about do you want to be? Do you wish to be? This, the word will is the correct word. And it has to do with your will. And Jesus would ask People, you know, not just here, but numerous times when people came uh, asking for help, he would say, what do you want me to do? What will you? And, and you would think, well, that seems unnecessary. They're, they're sick. They're asking for help. What do you think they want? Well, no. If, if he said, ask the question, it must be needful. Why? Because you have to set your will to receive his will. And as long as you're questioning His will, you're not on solid ground for faith. You've got to become convinced and fully persuaded that it is His will, right? For you to be healed, for you to be delivered, for your needs to be met. And then, especially finding out about redemption, if, if Jesus went to the effort to pay the price to take our infirmities and bear our weaknesses and carry our disease and pains, then we should make up our mind, if he bought it and paid for it, I'm going to have it. I will have it. Yeah, will have Hallelujah. It. And that's, that's part of what I believe is here. Will you? Are, are you determined to be healed? Or are you, uh, Have you set your intent and, and set your purpose and set your will? And so that's when he says, well, I don't have anybody. And and listen to how this is is worded from the New Living Translation. Uh, It says this, when the Lord says, will you be made whole? The New Living says, I can't, sir. The sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. This sounds like defeat. Doesn't it? And I'm I'm not judging the man. I'm not knocking the man. I, uh, you know, he didn't have faith school to come to. <laughs> this is how we're learning about, it, is that what Jesus did with him. But uh, uh, but can you see he feels defeated? And and when the Lord asks him, uh, do you will to be healed? Will you be? Will you be healed? And he's like, it's not up to me. I can't. I've I've tried. But every time the water gets troubled, somebody always gets there ahead of me. Do you hear the tone of that? Huh? I try. I'm doing the best I can. But I'm always step behind. That old colloquial phrase, a day late and a dollar short. Always, always short. Always come up. Man, that's one of the worst things that could ever come out of your mouth. Yes. Hmm? The Bible said death and life's in the power of the tongue. It matters what we say. Not knocking the man. He didn't know this. They, his spiritual leaders are not teaching him this. They're opposed to what Jesus is saying and doing. It's just no wonder they're like that. Their elders are not talking right and doing right. They have lost things that God gave them, which is why he's having to do a special thing like sending this angel with some healing to the pool just to remind everybody he's still around, still does healings. <laughs> but how many understand what we're saying? You, you, you must not let that twine of defeat stay in your voice you will not come out Uh, he's he's blaming it on his weakness he's blaming it on nobody helping him Uh, you can have like one individual said you can have excuses or results (laughs) but you can't have both right (laughs) and here he's making excuses you don't want to keep making excuses Why you don't have it. How does that help you? That puts you no closer to it. And you got to get your eyes, like we said, off of other people. No, other people are not holding you back. That's a lie of the enemy. Other people are not in between you and not in your way to the miracle you need or your healing. You got to get over. People are, they're mad at their parents because they didn't raise them right. They're mad at their spouse because they're not doing everything for them. They're mad at their pastor or their preachers because they're not doing everything they're supposed to do. Well, what about you? (laughs) Huh? I mean, is it everybody's fault except you? No, these are lies. Uh, They're tricks of the enemy to keep you judging other people and bitter and upset and you can stay without the rest of your life like that and and just get more bitter as the days go by. Like we saw though, Jesus didn't accept all of those reasons why the man couldn't be healed, did he? He didn't even get into a discussion with him because the very reason he's talking to him is because the father has sent him there that day. Hallelujah. Just like that angel was sent on a mission to the pool with a healing, Jesus has been sent to this man. We know it because of what the rest of the chapter talks about. And Jesus didn't go and preach to everybody and then have a healing line. That is not what happened. He went in there and nothing is said about this man's faith. He goes with a word and with an anointing from the Father and just ministers this to this man. When the man says, I don't have anybody and everybody always gets ahead of me. What did Jesus say? Look at the next verse. What did he say? <laughs> huh? I mean, this cuts through all of it, doesn't it? Let me see. Jesus says, rise, take up your bed or your mat and walk. Yeah, but what about, what about, no, What forget about all the what about. Forget about all that. Get up. Get your mat. Your little mattress, your little mat. And walk. Whew. Somebody say, get up. Yeah. And, walk. and walk. walk. Hallelujah. Now we know Jesus did not just say this off the top of his head. We also know that After the man is is healed and raised up, they asked him, who's told you to do this? And he didn't know. And and where is it? He didn't know because the Bible said in verse 12, what man is that which said, do you take up your bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not or didn't know who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Another translation said he slipped out. He slipped up. Why why would he do that? Let's skip down to verse 19. Jesus answered and said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For what things soever he does, these also doeth the Son likewise. Verse 30, he said it again. I can of my own self do nothing. So contrary to what people have taught, Jesus did not just go and heal whoever He wanted, whenever He wanted, however He wanted. That is not what happened. Now, there were times when He preached and taught, and people got faith from what they heard, and everybody there got healed, thousands of people, everybody. But that is not what happened on this this day and this occasion. He's not teaching. He's not preaching. This is not a service. He walks over there. He sees this man, the Spirit of God prompted him to go over there, and he speaks this word to this man, and it happens, and he slips out and goes back, goes away, and leaves these five porches full of people with these problems. Why? Well, according to him, it's because he couldn't just do that for everybody. Now, I know that just, (laughs) that bothers religion, but am I reading scripture or not? In verse 19, what did Jesus say? He said, I can of my own self do nothing. The Son can do nothing of Himself. Verse 30, I can of my own self do nothing. Do we believe that or not? You've got to make up your mind whether you believe that or not. Also, we need to understand, He said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. Well, we'll have to do them exactly the way He did them. And the way He did These special things like this he just ministered to who the Lord said the way he said and then he slipped out of the crowd it also tells you what kind of person the Lord can use on something like this he's not seeking the spotlight can you see that he he, he goes in there he does what the Father showed him and then he goes he leaves and um, Notice what he said when he, when he told him, he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And notice the verse nine, immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. That's different from most of the accounts we've been studying. You might say, it sounds a lot the same to me. He said, get up and walk. And he did. Mm-mm, no. Uh, go, go with me to Mark three. And you'll see very clearly uh, what we're talking about here. Mark 3 is the instance of the man with the withered hand. We've studied this one already. And in Mark 3 and verse 5, he looked around on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. Mark 3, 5, he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. Then what happened? It was made whole. No, no. Now, are you looking at John 5? John 5, 9, let's compare them side by side. Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And then what happened? Immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. Come on, can you see that? But in Mark 3, he said, stretch forth your hand. So what did the man do? He stretched it out and the hand was restored whole as the other. And it was his faith that was the primary factor. In the man with the withered hand. In this man at the pool. His faith is not the primary factor. Because when Jesus spoke to him. Get up. Take your mat. And go walk. Healing power went through him. Before he ever moved. Come on can you see that. And then he's made whole. And then he gets up. It's similar. To what's happening in the pool. They they see they, they hear the splash, they see the movement, somebody jumps in, they're made whole. Then they get out, <laughs> and they're able to do. Come on, can you see? Same similarity. But the man with the withered hand, and you'll see this in, in several other, most of the others, he tells him, stretch forth your hand. I remember years ago I, I read that and I realized he didn't say extend your arm. What did he say? Stretch forth your hand. Well, his hand was withered. Something was seriously wrong with his hand. Stretch forth your hand. Yeah, but he can't. Yeah, but he told him to. Yeah, but he can't. (laughs) Yeah, but he told him to, and yeah, but he did. When, I believe it was Dr. Lillian B. Yeomans in her great healing books talks about this, she said, uh, uh, When you reach the end of your ability to obey, you meet. Omnipotence. Hallelujah. She, when the man with the withered hand, could he stretch forth his hand? He couldn't. You know, he'd probably tried to many, many times, just try to make it work, and it didn't work. But when the Lord told him to do it, oh, hallelujah, then as he went to do it and he reached the end of his ability to make it happen, he met the power of God. But he didn't meet the power of God until he stretched forth his hand. Come on, can you see that? He didn't meet it until he did it. Oh, hallelujah. But this is different. In John 5, that's not what happened. Read it. Jesus said in verse 8, rise, take up your bed, and walk. And then what happened? Immediately, the man was made whole right there where he lay before anything else happened. And then he took up his bed and walked. Hallelujah. This is a mercy manifestation. This is, God does special things. Someone says, well, uh, how, how, how do we get more of these things? Well, you can't make these things happen. I can't make the. Now we can teach and preach the word and faith can come and we receive by faith every day of the week. Yes. But then doing things that are signs that are even, you know, beyond. God does special things where it wasn't the person's faith. I know some years ago I was, uh, I'd learned a few of these things about miracles and the Lord prompted us, and it was a bunch of people sick in this particular place, to have a miracle day. (laughs) Miracle day. So I I proclaimed it and and we preached on it and talked about it and uh, a number of great things happened. I won't go into it now, but we, there was a point where we just stopped and said, Lord, we ask you to work miracles in our midst, and we release our faith for it. Well, a number of things happened, but I found out the next day that something happened that I didn't know about. There was a man there with his wife who didn't want to be there. He said she nagged him into coming. And she told him, well, like, there was good fishing around there. He could drop her off at the meeting. He could go fishing. He said, well, okay, I knew do that. But then after they got there, after a few days, she wanted him to come just one service with me. And, and she, finally, he said she nagged me into it. Well, then it was me and the healing service. And it went long and it made him mad. And he's like, I thought that guy would never <laughs> shut up talking about me. And, and so he's fussing at her. As they're going across the parking lot to get in the car, he said, don't ever uh, try to drag me to one of them things again. I told you, I don't go for all that. And he just being ugly, you know. And he gets in the car and slams the door and uh, he reached back to rub his neck because for years he had had a growth on the back of his neck and it had gotten bigger than his fist because he hadn't done anything about it. And he'd gotten in the habit of rubbing it because it bothered him. Or t- And he reached back there and he <laughs> said, he said, he said, put your hand back there, put your hand back there to his mouth. And she put her, she said, oh, glory to God. She began to shout. He said, ah. Oh. And he got the rear view mirror and he hiked it around and he was back the next day. <laughs> <laughs> he was back the next day. Instantaneously in that environment of miracles, it had just gone. And he didn't even realize it until after he was out of the service. What, what are we saying? Was it his faith? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. He's fussing and cussing about even being there. It was, well, why did the Lord do that? Mercy. A mercy Manifestation and sign. And like I said, he was back the next day and the next. And he got interested in this God Bible stuff. (laughs) You should, right? God do something like that for you when you're acting like a big heathen, right? You should respond in going, Lord, uh, thank you. Let me come on in. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now notice, skip on down. A little bit later in the passage, um, they they came down on the man because he's carrying his mat. And they said, it's not lawful for you to do that on the Sabbath day. And verse 14, Jesus found him in the temple. And he said to him, now now notice this verse 14, behold, you are made whole. Now again, that's the same. Notice, you don't see anything about your faith made you whole, Right. Because that's not what happened. You are made whole by a manifestation of the Spirit, by the mercy of God. And he said, uh, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto you. This is a lot of revelation in this one phrase. Uh, You are made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come to you. That means sin had opened the door for some of his problems, and it means he can lose his healing. Yes, it does. Can you see that? Yes. Jesus, I've heard people say foolishly, well, if God ever does it, you know, it'll it's forever and it'll never change." Well, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus own ministry; He's the one ministered the healing to him. And he's warning him that he can lose it and wind up in worse shape than he was to start with. And he he uses the word sin. Sin no more. That means you've been sinning. Stop. Right? And he's not there to condemn him. He's there to protect him. Right? He didn't want to see him. Wind up in the same shape. And it's not that God would be putting the problem back on you. It would be you opening the door up to the enemy. Because sinning is not yielding to God. It's yielding to the enemy. And yielding to the enemy gives place to the enemy. And when the enemy has place, he's going to come back. He's going to steal. He's going to kill. He's going to destroy all that he can. You know, in James 5, it talked about that. that 5.15, the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. It said, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. So it does matter what is sin. We talked about this on last week's uh, account. Sin is violating of light to him that knows to do good and, and does it not. To him, it's sin. It's not okay to just keep doing what you know is wrong, uh, refusing to do what you know you're supposed to do. That opens a door to the enemy. And you don't want to do that. Because, man, if the enemy, he's always looking for a way to get to you. And if he can get to you, he'll try to, what does he do? He comes to steal and kill and destroy. Would he like to steal this man's healing? Because this man is now a witness. Right? He's a testimony in the community. A lot of people are talking about it. So you know the enemy would really like to steal that from this man and even get him in worse shape than he was. And people say, oh, there was nothing to that, you know. No, God is so gracious. Jesus found the man and wants to help him hold on to what he's got. Can you see that? Hold fast to what you have. Follow up is needed. Follow-up is necessary, especially when you receive a healing this way. When you get it on your own faith, you know how you got it, so you know how to keep it. You know how to get it again. When you get it through a special manifestation, you didn't get it through your own faith. And you, didn't know, you, you probably don't know how you got it to start with. <laughs> so then you may not know how to keep it. But thank God, His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, our time's up again today. Said out loud, I live by faith, I walk by faith, I overcome this world by faith, I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. Really enjoyed being with you again this week in Faith School. Uh, we're growing, we're learning. I know many of you are partners with us and that gives us a right to use our faith with you for your finances and your things. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19 and 20, if two of us would agree on earth as touching anything we ask, it would be done for us of our Father which is in heaven. For for two or three of us gathered together, he's there in the midst. Uh, also, with husbands and wives being able to pray this prayer of agreement, he warned in 1 Peter 3, uh, Treat each other right so that your prayers are not hindered. So us being in agreement, us being on the same page adds to our ability to use this prayer of agreement. So anything that's bothered you or troubled you, repent of it right now, put it, put it off to the side and agree with this prayer. Father, I join faith with our partners I speak against the enemy. I bind the enemy from stealing and robbing and interfering in their affairs. And we lay hold together. We agree as touching this thing for abundance flowing into their lives, their businesses, their families, their affairs. We claim more than enough coming in now abundantly in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm expecting it with you. Join us again next week. We're gonna get into a whole lot more about faith. We'll see you soon, here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School, free of charge, at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website, or call us at 941-702-7390.